Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. It's your dad. Work to exhaustion when you're young. Have you ever heard of a weird saying like this? Just remember, I'm behind you 100%. Don't be afraid. I know that you're brave. You can do it. Don't forget to call me periodically during your adventure. I can make a record of your progress when you call me. Oh yeah, I deposited $30 into your bank account. Do you have an ATM card? Withdraw your money from any cash machine and buy whatever you need. Good luck, my boy. I feel like such a hero. What? Well... The father of a hero, at least. (laughs) This time on RPG University, we're visiting Eagle Land with Earthbound, and I'm joined for this adventure with guest professor Nathan Brandt from the New Entertainment System podcast, the other co-host that does it along with Cam, who you might recognize from last episode. But thank you so much, Nathan, for coming on. How are you doing today, sir? It's my pleasure to be here. I'm happy to be here, uh, and I'm doing great. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Just microphones are working. I know, (laughs) I know. That was that was quite the. uh, That was fun. That was fun. Who knows? Yeah, tech technology man. The real RPG was was recording the podcast. The real the real challenging. Yeah. (laughs) Gygus didn't want us talking about this. No. Oh my god! Yeah, you're right. You're right. He's he's in the interwebs. He knows. (laughs) He knows. But yes, you are the other co-host, and you started a New Entertainment System podcast, correct? Or yeah, was it ca- kind of like a joint? It is thing? a joint thing. I kind of drive it, I guess, is is what we we refer to it as when we're talking about it with each other. But um, it's it's a it's a fifty fifty thing for sure. But um, yeah, no. Um, and if you haven't listened to Cam's episode, what our our show is is we use a bot that randomly generates different nouns basically to make a video game prompt um that we would then design with uh, a guest um so it'd be myself cam and a guest and like you know we've had um past guests of this show rep uh rep valentine on the show where we designed uh what do we do we've done like an overwatch dress-up game we've done an open world (laughs) marvel dating sim um it's we try to skew comedic, but then there's there's always that point in the recording where you're like, well, hold on, this could be cool. I would want to play this mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's it's a it's a fun time. Now I asked Cam, and I have to ask you now, what's your favorite pitch that you've uh, submitted on your show or you've come up with? So there are two that. I really, really like one of them is is paywalled. It's it's on our Patreon, um, but there is a, a a teaser for that. The whole pitch of which is on the main feed, um, and it's it's an open world like RPG Guitar Hero. Um, Ooh! And so, you know, Cam and I both have backgrounds in music. We're both into you know going to see shows and stuff like that. So on our Patreon, it's just him and I. And so we talked about how cool it would be to sort of have an Oregon Trail um, style game, but 
the traveling and like you know sims like meter management of your band mm -hmm. and your money and stuff in between that is performing these actual sets and shows and depending on how well your travels go then you know you get certain stat bonuses or your crowd forgives you more because you weren't late to the venue or or you know that all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff um there's that and then another one that we did was oh man let me see there is a star fox game that we made um with steve sailor and that episode isn't up at time of recording but i think by the time of this releases it will be um and that was one where <laughs> it had to be on ps4 for for what we were doing but it's like you play star fox in vr and then you take the the <laughs> the vr headset off and then you are an employee of retro studios and you're trying to sneak out the release of star fox grand prix is the other half of the game <laughs> so it's that it sounds can, great it's equal parts like oh wouldn't this be great and equal parts like oh man this is a bad idea kind of a thing so that's pretty much the whole gist of our show very cool. Well, definitely give everyone listening now, give them a listen. They are hilarious and they're fantastic. But we are here on RPG University this time to talk about Earthbound. And that's what you're here to listen to. So let's get started. Yes. Now, initially, this game came out in Japan on August 27th of 1994 and then was localized only in North America on June 5th of 1995. And to kind of get you back in that headspace if you were alive back then on what other games you might have been playing around the same time that year. Other notable releases that year included a little a little game called Chrono Trigger. <laughs> uh, just a little game. If, if you're listening to RPG University, you probably know Chrono Trigger. But it's one of those square Golden Age RPGs, yeah. time travel. It's pretty good. Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy's Conquest, which I... For the longest time, it really wasn't until probably late last year. I always thought it was Diddy Kong's quest. Like it's Diddy definitely Kong? like a Bernstein, Bernstein Bears yeah. scenario yeah. where every time I think I know how it's said, mm -hmm. I'm proven wrong. <laughs> yeah, Diddy's Conquest. Yes, interesting. But sequel to the fantastic Donkey Kong Country on Super Nintendo. Love all those games; are fantastic. Yoshi's Island, Mega Man Seven. Secret of Evermore, which was like the U.S.'s attempt at making Secret of Mana, but you're like a modern-day kid with a dog that transforms depending on what you feed it. Sweet Coden came out. That was crazy. Uh, good series that Konami has decided to not do anything with anymore. One of many, right? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. They just recently released like a image like celebrating 50 years or something, and they had images and like new drawings of all these sorts of characters and... The tweet I saw linking to it is like, looking at this image just makes me realize how many franchises Konami has just abandoned. Yep. It's Almost sad. all of them except for like the winning 11 like soccer yeah. thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Everything else they're like, oh, we'll just turn into like pachinko machines or something. It's mm -hmm. it's sad. Or it's put sad. out like a decent collection that doesn't have all of the mm -hmm. games on it on Switch, which is like fine, but... Eh. <laughs> Just, I want a Game Boy Advance Castlevania collection. That's what I want. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. The there were what I think three of them, which are RPGs in their own right, right? So that yeah. that's oh man, uh, oh, I yeah. have yet to really delve into those ones, but I would. Mm -hmm. It's it's up my alley for sure. And with games coming out that are ports of DS games, throw the DS Castlevanias in that same bundle. It'll be great. I know. Yeah, 
be fantastic. Mega Man X3 also came out. Fantasy Star 4, The End of the Millennium. Panzer Dragoon. And only in Japan, Tales of Fantasia released the same year in 95. What a, so, what a good era for games. Oh, I like, know. Even just, I, like, when you sent me this doc, I looked mm-hmm. at it and I was like, my God. <laughs> yeah. 95 was such a banger it, year for video it games. It was. I mean, and it was just the... I think this probably was the last year before the N64 and stuff was out. So it was that kind of switching over. You start seeing very early 3D games like Panzer Dragoon. Um, you're still getting some Pixels games, but are a bit more impressive a la your Sweet Coden. But yeah, it was I a think, good year. I think I think the year after this, uh, Mario RPG came out. Because mm-hmm. Mario RPG came out while the 64 was out, I think. Which is wild to think about or it was very close Mm -hmm. to it if not after it so yeah no it's it's a good time for rpgs in general even just looking at this list but Mm -hmm. just games as well like games in general yeah yoshi's island diddy's conquest you can't beat that very very good game so i'm guessing switching over to earthbound now when was your first exposure to earthbound nathan like did you have it on super nintendo did you pick it up later with the digital copies what's What's your Earthbound story? So my Earthbound story mirrors a lot of the um, SNES uh, generations uh, games and experiences. I never had a Super Nintendo ever. Uh, And so I had an NES as a kid and then I got an N64 later on and then lapsed in my gaming until I moved to Chicago to go to college um, and I had a 360 and I had um, uh, uh, my old Wii that I had <laughs> lying around, <laughs> basically. And with the um, crazy good, um, you know, virtual console, I was able to play, you know, classics like Chrono Trigger for the first time when I was like, you know, 22 or 23. And so for me, like, I almost have like a more like precious, mm-hmm. like, space in my heart for a lot of those SNES games because I know that it isn't nostalgia blindness why I like a lot of them it's really like no these were really that good because I didn't play them until I was like in my mid-20s man Um, and so I played Earthbound for the first time when it first got to the virtual console on the Wii U Um, and I was like you know I had heard stuff about it but I hadn't been really spoiled to a lot of the mechanical stuff and Mm -hmm. just a lot of the weirdness in general um, because it's kind of hard to talk to somebody about this game if you don't already know about it, right? Other than just, oh, oh, it's super weird. You should play it. Um, But yeah, no, once it was out for the Wii U, I uh, played through it. uh, And and recently a couple, maybe a year and a half ago, I played through it again just because I was like missing that kind, that exact flavor Mm -hmm. of rpg but yeah no i got into it when i was like 23 or 24 whenever it came out on the wii u virtual console and i was just like this this like now this is pod (laughs) racing like this was sort of sort of that moment for me i i was i was a huge fan from the jump no that's kind of curious because a lot of the people i know that have played this kind of had the snes and that's where they got their experience so with you coming in experiencing it so much later in life than myself or a lot of the people I talk to or know that have played this. What about, what was it about Earthbound 
that that grabbed you coming from literally your the HD generation with the 360 and stuff like that what was it that grabbed you about earthbound so i am like i love turn-based rpgs i played you know final fantasy 7 on pc when i was younger Mm -hmm. um i had that port of that game uh same and, and uh like you know like a lot of you know people that play games rpgs and a certain flavor of those are very special to me but me personally i'm like not a fan of like fantasy stuff not really a big a big fan of you know dragons and armor and swords Mm -hmm. and stuff like that it's gotta it's gotta have something weird about it for me to like it hence why i like chrono trigger so much because it's you know there's swords and dragons and whatever and else in there but you know you go to the future you go to the distant past all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and so earthbound and um and you know mother three as well later um really strike me because it takes that dragon quest formula mm-hmm. and you know totally postmodernizes all of it um it's it it's such an extension of the dragon quest formula while also just kind of being a blatant ripoff in some oh, yeah in some respects with a few like mechanical changes like um the the like odometer uh hp system but in general, what struck me about it was it's not it's not the thing where it's not like a Tolkien ripoff looking mm-hmm. game. It's like, oh, your your weapons are yo-yos and baseball bats and f- like ray guns and you use um, magic. But it's like it's like psychic powers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And it's sort of this weird mishmash of things uh, that. And it's so irreverent for itself, even. Um, <laughs> and that's the the tone and everything, and the art style and the colors. It's like, it's so mm-hmm. it's so emblematic of the SNES um, experience for me. I think I completely mirror what you say. It does so many unique things, and even going back, because I when uh we were first talking a couple months ago that we wanted to do earthbound and Mm -hmm. everything like that i went back and played a little and it's just even going back now the music just instantly like takes me back and the visuals and kind of all the little nods to the 90s all the puns in kind of off shoot offshoots of the pop culture at the time yeah like the runaway five and yeah it well, there's was, samples of Beatles yeah, songs yeah. in the soundtrack, which is, you know, some people cite as the reason why it took it so long yeah. to get, you know, a, a current digital release and, and why there's so many problems with uh, trying to just even get. I mean, we'll get into how you can get this game later, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. it's it's one of those games where it's like, well, you either pirate it, you have a Wii U or 3DS, which, you know, that is going to become increasingly uh uh, rarer yeah. that somebody even has one of those or you got to pay like 150 bucks for a snes classic or you gotta like you gotta go to some garage sales <laughs> to find this and one pray for it at garage sales otherwise you're yeah. gonna be spending like 180 150 to 180 just on the card alone it's it's or you ridiculous can get just like a, a repro card or something yeah. like that I the think repro cards of- are pretty cheap yeah, um, I, with this and Mother 3, I think that's totally, totally fine, because if they wanted you to play it, they would make it available for you to play yeah. it. 
this is one of those games that I'm really surprised they didn't have in the initial offering of uh, the Super Nintendo Switch Online service. I have, I mean, with like most fans of the Mother series, I have my like my my hopes that they will um, bring Mother Three, but I also have this like pet theory that I want a remake slash remaster of this game in the sort of claymation style that all of you see all the like initial advertisements mm-hmm. for this game with um and sort of like uh kirby and the rainbow curse on wii u had like mm-hmm. a clay art yeah. style i would love if you know grezzo or whomever was going to like just take this game and just modernize a couple of the mechanics and just put out like a cool little art style thing. Mm-hmm. My That's my pet theory of, of why like Earthbound isn't available right now, but I'm sure by the time this episode comes out, you know, uh, they'll come out and say, oh yeah, it's it's coming on the Switch right now. It's here. Here you go. And then we'll be able to call you a prophet and exactly, everyone on the internet will yeah. <laughs> come to you for your wisdom and your predictions. For sure. Call call him now for your free reading, everybody. <laughs> uh, I think uh, in terms of... I could certainly see that aspect because touching on the claymation and stuff, this game originally came in a big box, big box that came with a strategy guide and all sorts of things. One, and the art for this was a very claymation, uh, a clay style, like clay models for all the characters and the bosses. It was very cool, very interesting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I it's, it's I could so see weird. that. I could also kind of see that this game would look really good in that um, Link's Awakening remake style. I think yeah, that could 100%. look good too. Yeah, um, maybe tone down a little on the reflections, but I think that what? would that would look really good. Yeah. Um, but speaking of kind of the uh, the monsters and characters of this game, what a ragtag bunch of both characters and enemies you face like you we you touched on it before how your your weapons are like bats and things like a normal kid would have but so you're these couple kids uh one's like a genius one's a psychic a couple of them are psychic and then you have this prince this martial artist prince Mm -hmm. whose name is Pooh. (laughs) <laughs> if you so choose <laughs> if you so choose true yeah and it's just it's so wacky and so zany it, i love it yeah i mean you start out fighting runaway dog spiteful crow coil snake and then you know as the story progresses you fight you know star men and cops and yeah. new age retro hippies and cranky mm-hmm. ladies and bears and insane cultists and and trees that look like bob ross that explode there's UFOs and later on, you know how in you yeah. know in Dragon Quest and stuff you'll get like a re a palette swap of an enemy and it's like, yeah. oh, that's the stronger one. Well that UFO, this tiny UFO, uh later gets a little bow on its head and it changes its <laughs> name from Lil UFO to cute Lil yeah. UFO. It's like, what even is this game? It's just it there's a noose with mm-hmm. eyes and feet that you fight in this yeah. game. It's so it's so crazy and it's it's one of those things, and Mother 3 keeps this trend up mm-hmm. uh, as well, of just, like, you don't 
you don't know what's going to happen next. You, there's, there's, if there's, if you could predict what was going to happen next or what enemy was gonna, what new enemy mm-hmm. was gonna come at you, like I would be afraid of you because that's they're so they're so strange. Even up through the final boss encounter, yeah, you all it of ends them are with so weird. Per, it ends with perhaps one of the most visually unsettling final bosses yeah. I think I've ever fought in an RPG. It's just it everything about the final fight is just disturbing. Like even now thinking about it I get like little shivers. It's it's and it's another interesting fight where there's a mechanic you have to do to beat it and it's mm-hmm. it's crazy. Yeah. Um, no, you have to pray seven times or whatever and that's how you yeah. how you do it and there's an encounter that uh I was I was going to maybe pick for the monster of the week segment for me, but um, it's when you're, when you're introduced to poo, which is a Mm -hmm. sentence and a half, um, you, you go and meditate on the, on this little like stone spire. And it's like this horrifying face (laughs) that shows up and is like, if you're going to go on this journey, uh, you're going to need to endure pain. I will break your legs and you have to choose. Yes. Break my legs. Yes. Break my arms, Mm -hmm. poke out my eyes, take my tongue away, take my ears away, take my mind away. And then you wake up and that was like a, like a Dagobah force tree, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) test that you had to, that you had to pass. And it's, it's one of those many moments with an enemy in this game where you're just like, what am I doing? Like, what what am I playing? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then you go, like, as a dichotomy to that, you go to Saturn Valley, which is just a funny little village filled with <laughs> little hairy people with giant noses that yeah. talk in funny font. It's like, exactly. what is it, going I, on? I think the font was, um, I, I, I may be, this may be nothing, but I think the font was, like, based off of, like, Shigesato Itoi's, like, daughter's handwriting or something like that. I can't remember. But it's it's so it's another one of those things that pops up and the text is like it, the font is different and huge and they speak weird and say like boing and zoom and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's sort of that it's like in, in a normal fantasy setting, those would be like elves that you would find or it would be like, mm-hmm. you know, um, in like the Kokiri forest. Yeah. You'd find little elves or something like that. But in here, it's like it's a race of like little bowling balls with hair yeah <laughs> and feet and a giant nose that like are magic and you know f- for all intents and purposes they're like this magic little elf race but they're just like kind of gross and weird and like childish it's it's so surreal which is the whole game and like in speaking of surreal there's a with going to the village of magicant which is inside your character's mind and you mm-hmm. that's like how you power up before the final fight and yeah unlock all your psychic abilities uh, one thing we haven't talked about is how the game starts and asks you all these kind of personal questions it's like oh what's your favorite food what's your favorite activity what's this what's your dog's name and it then incorporates it into your spell so whenever you go home your mom offers to cook you your favorite meal which is whatever you put in at the beginning of the game mm-hmm. your favorite thing is applied to the name of like one of your spells i think yeah. it's your offensive spell yeah it's like your big your big um spell that only um i get your protagonist will yeah. say ness um only ness can use and it's it's uh 
it's it's different and like like all the other spells it's like a three or four level thing that uh upgrades as the as the game progresses and it's so wild all these questions they ask you in the beginning and then later pretty much right as i think you get all four party members the game like basically turns around to the fourth wall and says hey what's uh what's your name and you're like yeah uh, what <laughs> it's like you the person holding the controller what is your name and you you put it in and that comes in um later to the uh in in the final battle and i think one or two other moments where it's just mm -hmm. like it's like the game is aware of me and that's like ugh, it's like kind of gross but yeah. cool at the same time it it's very meta it's like you're playing mm -hmm. a game and the game's recognizing you and then oh yeah it it's such a good game it's not yeah. one of those it, it you're earthbound i feel like it isn't where you get to choose the role you're playing you're just simply playing a role in the story kind right. of like an actor where there isn't much in terms of being able to really customize your adventure you can tweak what items are in your party or what or what people have equipped but outside of that there's not really much yeah you, you stuff can you grind can do yeah you can grind for like very rare drops uh, the sword of mm -hmm. kings or whatever yeah. um but as far as you know your character it's just you're, you're ness you're you're a mm -hmm. good boy from from on it and that's it and your friend polly is there or Paula, rather, uh, and, like, there's Jeff and Pooh, and, like, nobody in this game really has, like, a deep character, I would say, but at the same mm -hmm. time, it almost kind of, I don't know, your brain does the, it, your brain fills in the gaps left by, you know, the the story, like, what is Apple Kid and Orange Kid, or, like, mm -hmm. there's a guy outside of your first starting town his name is liar exaggerate <laughs> like that's his <laughs> name it's like what the hell it's so it's so weird all of these characters are like parodies of other characters mm -hmm. and it's, it it could feel so watered down but like this game i don't know if we'll get into it but like there's like weird moments of like tenderness when you get to the uh like your what mm -hmm. is it your um your sanctuary or your yeah the your sanctuary locations where it'll stop and it'll say like, you know, as you're like absorbing the power of this like powerful location or whatever, like you're, you're in a final fantasy game. This would be like the crystals you're going yeah. after or whatever. Right. Um, it's like, it starts out like, Oh, Ness saw a cute puppy and then you get your level up or whatever. But then it's like Ness, like thought he, or Ness imagined like his, the smile of his mother or something. And you're mm -hmm. like, Ooh, that like, that hit me because it was such a like a it's like a left hook you know it's like we're yeah. all playing fun and games and whatever and then it's like this and then the final ending it's like no these kids like literally sacrifice their consciousness to put in themselves yeah. into robots Robot. to go fight just like a pudgy idiot in a mech suit <laughs> yeah that is that is holding an ancient god at bay like what is this <laughs> it's like with not giving the player a lot of choice in terms of party makeup or skills to learn or how you'll level up, it lets the player experience the story and really, I think it, it does a different, it serves a different purpose 
than if they were worried. It's like, okay, how am I going to min-max him so I can do this? Or how am I yeah. going to... What if I put points into this? Should I learn this or that? It's Yeah, there's no skill tree. There's no yeah. job system or anything like that. It's sort of... it's The only choice is whether you want to grind for the money to buy better items or mm-hmm. grind to get um, like big crazy pickups and stuff. So, but it's it's not... This isn't that kind of game, right? Like mm-hmm. this is this is a game where it's just kind of using the language of an RPG to give you like mm-hmm. this like I don't know, like a synesthesia of experiences and mm-hmm. like you 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 walk away with like a taste or an idea of like what this game was. It wasn't like it's not like in Mass Effect where you're like, "Oh yeah, Garrus was so cool. I really liked him." Or, you know, Oh, mm-hmm. I can't believe that Aerith died or whatever, you know. So it's 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 more of a thing of just like, man, I want to go back to Eagle Land. I want to go yeah. back to Saturn Village and like talk to these weird idiots, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. And that what you touched on, it this game can take you back to your childhood because there's nothing crazy. Yes, okay, there are fantastical elements, but I think a lot of kids and a lot of adults can still remember taking their bat and thinking it's like a sword or like fighting mo- yeah. like imagining fighting monsters or going on adventures with their friends and this kind of take for me when i play it it takes me back to those kind of memories of imagining going and saving the world from yeah. oh you see a dog or a bird on the street and you think it's like a monster it's and and that's kind of how the story progresses too yeah. it's almost like a kid wrote it right like mm-hmm. it's almost like I, I set off to find the meteor that was crashed and out came a, a bumblebee that was a warrior from another planet. And he told me I mm-hmm. had to save the world. And then I got psychic powers and then I hit a yeah. dog with a baseball bat. It's like, what happened here? And then like eventually like the story gets more ridiculous and more ridiculous, but you're still like on board with it. Like you have an internal, yeah. there's an internal logic to everything that's happening. Like you go save people from a weird cult and you know, you're, you're unlocking these your sanctuary locations to make a a song. And, you know, it's it's there's so everything happens so much in the game, yeah. basically. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot to take in, but it's a, a really fun adventure along the way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in terms of the music, this game has some damn catchy tunes, I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it does one of my favorite things in um games in general where different classes of enemies will have different battle music mm-hmm. uh, entirely and different backgrounds of um, for those that aren't aware like there's like crazy like 16 bit you know psychedelic backgrounds on every um, character encounter it's not like uh, in Chrono Trigger where it's just the forest that you're in or the the bridge you're on or whatever it's like you're it's almost like the battle itself is not happening in the real world, which sort mm-hmm. of lends it more to the, like, this is a kid imagining it kind of uh, angle if you want to go that way with it. From, with you being a big fan of music and stuff, do you have a particular track or tracks that stick out to you? So the actual um, Your Sanctuary song is really good. Um, I love the sort of i guess you'd call it the attract mode um portion of the game where if you like just leave it on the start screen it'll it'll like 
bust out into this like weird like like oh, <laughs> music yeah. that that says like introduces the characters mm-hmm. with almost like a Looney Tunes like yeah. kind of circle around the characters and stuff. That's probably my favorite um my favorite song in the game just because it's it sticks in my head mm-hmm. and I just like find myself like be bopping around the house yeah. to that song in my head or doing the dishes to it or whatever. It's it's so cool and like I said earlier like it samples like it seems to sample like Beatles songs or just songs mm-hmm. in general or real instruments or something or as good of a facsimile as you can get on the SNES anyway. Um, one person's battle theme is just literally Johnny be good. <laughs> like, it's so it's so um, it's such a mishmash of like uh, Americana as viewed by um, a weird artsy Japanese guy. Yeah. Um, and that that reflects on the setting, the characters, the music, pretty much everything. I'm a big fan of the music that plays while you're walking around on it. The dun 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 dun. That one's just so upbeat. And it's like, I can just walk around. Like, if I could have a wish and have like a background track to my life for like a day or something, I would want that to be my just yeah hanging out walking around track it's just so upbeat and just catchy and yeah and and you know there are there's some like really like chill like almost like lo-fi hip-hop beats to study and relax to for certain Mm -hmm. enemies and stuff too but then you get to the final boss and it plays like the 8-bit like final battle theme from mother one Mm -hmm. earthbound beginnings or whatever you want to call it but then it it like goes into this like uh heavy metal double bass like rock song while you're fighting um Mm -hmm. i think it's while you're fighting heavily armed pokey Mm -hmm. at the end or or either that or guy i guess i can't quite remember but it's so um it's such a left turn, which is why it's like so effective, which is sort of mirroring the sort of emotional moments I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Speaking of Pokey and Gygus, uh, this the for those of you that haven't played, Pokey is w- one of Ness's. He's Ness's neighbor, who's mm-hmm. just like this little asshole. <laughs> He's and, that jerk that you yeah. had to go to his birthday party yes. when you were a kid. Like you didn't want to, but your mom made you go to his birthday party. That's that kid. Yeah. Yeah, mine growing up was a guy named Chad. Of course. Of course it was a Chad. It's always a fucking it's Chad. Always isn't a it? Chad. <laughs> always a Chad. I'm sorry. Always like, a lighthouse. If, if you are <laughs> if you are listening to this and your name is Chad, I'm sure you are the exception and you're awesome. Uh, you're very good. Please tweet me yes. and tell me that that you're yes. great. <laughs> you are awesome. Go out and kick butt. Um, <laughs> but not mine. I- exactly. Please, Chad, no. <laughs> uh, no, Chad, no. Um, but no, he's like this little kid who thinks he's so cool, but he ends up getting like corrupted by Gygus, this evil villain that came from the meteor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's like it, it, you can liken it to like a Skull Kid yeah. scenario from Majora's Mask, where it's like this this um, immature um, child all of a sudden has powers uh or like influence over something that has powers um and you know what is what is it what is an enemy in an rpg like when it's it's literally just a jerk ass kid 
that yells spankity, spankity, spankity at you. <laughs> and I guess spoilers, but he ends up being the the villain for Mother 3, Three as well. Yeah. Um, it is... Uh, it's it's so weird that it, but it's you want you want to kick his ass almost like you're you're a little kid from back in the day where you're on the the playground and you're like man this kid keeps yelling spankity spankity at me and his mom is yelling at my mom I'm gonna I want to kick this kid's ass I just I just want to beat him with a baseball bat at it <laughs> smash exactly and then Gygus the for the final fight the. We touched on it the from the music to how you had to beat him very unique through the entire game but the visuals like he keeps the more damage you do like the more prayers you hit him with the more distorted and just kind of corrupt he gets and there is i don't know if you've heard this how it's um like i guess his vision is, or form on the map is ness like ness's head and yeah in the combatants itself, like people swear they see like a fetus or something. Like it's very, really yeah, weird. You, you could you could yeah. argue that maybe, um, but yeah, it's it's this weird thing, sort of like. And I'm trying to remember the ultimate bad guy of Chrono Trigger. I'm literally scrolling through a wiki right now. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I was thinking of him when you mentioned it earlier. Oh, Ult- it's uh. Oh man, I I can't remember what it is. Altro, um, no, not Altros. It's not Megas it start, either, because that's the it starts character. with an Hold A. On. I feel is, is it? Uh, C list of Chrono Trigger's bosses. Thank you, Lavos. Fandom. It was Lavos. Yeah, Lavos. it's so. Um, this is it's it's a lot like Lavos in that you know that it's a threat from the beginning. Um, you kind of feel its influence throughout the story, but it ends like you never fight it. It's not like this reoccurring like Team Rocket thing where you, it shows up, you beat him, it comes back later sort of a thing. It's sort of it's it feels a lot more apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. And when you actually fight um, Gygus sort of like Lavos, it's like, oh, this is the end of the world. Like if I don't if I don't win. This thing, which is, like, beyond my comprehension, is going to ruin everything. And that's... And speaking of the behind, beyond your comprehension, like, a taxi does, it'll simply say, it's like, what you're witnessing is beyond your comprehension. Yeah, you cannot grasp the form of Gygus's attack, which is, like, like terrifying, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that left turn um, sucker punch kind of a thing that I was mentioning earlier with the emotional moments and stuff where it's like it's so much more scary than it than it has any right to be mm-hmm. by just it's 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 almost that it's a you can almost call it a like a lovecrafty and cop out of oh like, yeah oh man you you can't even i can't even describe how, how how different it is and how weird it is but it 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 being the only example of that in the game it's sort of unsettling and makes you feel like this thing is much more dangerous than even you were prepared to uh, deal with. Yeah. It, uh, it's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> That's the whole game. That's the review. It's nuts. And then the the uh, you fight a giant monster made of barf too. So you got that yep, going. A couple of them. A couple of them. <laughs> so quite, quite the spectrum of enemies you will be dealing <laughs> yeah. with. 
uh, a Cthulhu Lake Elder God and a pile of vomit. You know. Yeah. <laughs> We aren't the only ones who have fond memories of Earthbound. So now yes. we're going around the net and hearing what some of you have to say about this fantastic game. We're going to start with Crestfallen Owl from the JRPG subreddit. They say, Not so much the game itself, but there was a group of us who enjoyed talking about our video games in middle school. One of them had all the original packaging of Earthbound, though at the time we didn't think about how value- valuable it was at the time, mid to early 2000s. And he bought the he brought the strategy guide and it was bundled with the game. It was really interesting to read the guide and point out interesting things, because at the time our only introduction to the series for many of us was with was from Super Smash Bros. Melee due to Ness and some of the trophies that had various elements from the game, such as the giants. I think for many kids at the time, Super Smash Bros. Melee and its trophies were the origin for many of us realizing that Nintendo had many other games that we had never known about, such as Fire Emblem. That's true. The Melee and even the original Smash Bros., which I think just turned 20, it's crazy, uh, included aspects from Earthbound. uh, Well, the Mother series, I should say. Right. And uh, shoutouts to Smash Bros. for just giving people exposure to games that uh, they normally wouldn't have a la fire yeah, can, emblem can you yeah, mother. i was just gonna say can you imagine if mother was treated the same way as fire emblem in smash brothers oh i know people would be complaining that Pooh got announced <laughs> uh, didn't they add like some of like jeff Pooh or paula's outfits as me costumes uh, yeah, I think they did that in in uh, for Wii U and 3DS. Okay. And then in this in uh, Ultimate, there's the like the funniest example is like I mean from the beginning of the uh, episode you heard me do uh, Ness's dad's VO. Um, Ness's dad is like a phone uh, JPEG oh, yes. <laughs> spirit, and it's it's Solid Snake, but he's invisible because <laughs> it, you never see his dad. It's like, oh my god, that is just it's so um, it's so brilliant. Um, but yeah, you were talking about, uh, or at least that person was in the in that little write up mm-hmm. review thing was talking about the. Uh, um, the strategy guide. Strategy guide, yeah. And I'm trying to look online right now. Um, Fangamer Earthbound. Yeah, Fangamer put out this, like, Earthbound handbook. And it is sort of... Oh, yes. It's like, uh, it's travel to Eagle Land. And it, it is a complete strategy guide for it. But it is framed in sort of like a travel um, brochure thing. And it's, like, so... Um, I don't know. It's like a it's like a hardcover book of uh, a Nintendo Power uh, guide or something like that. It is like super crazy special and like it still has like the scratch and sniff like stickers and yeah. stuff like that. Um, it is it's crazy awesome and Mother Three has one too. But yeah, Fan Gamer is 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 the place to go if you like. Later on, we talk about you know tips for new players. Um, I would say get the uh, there is a digital download for eight dollars of this uh, Earthbound handbook, and just to like go through it and like kind of 
it, it attributes to um, the feeling that this is a real place that you're doing. Like it's it's your travel guide of, of mm-hmm. going through Eagle Land. It makes it just that much more um, that much more rich. And speaking of the scratch and sniff uh, stickers, my brother, my older brother, had we he got the Earthbound complete thing for Super Nintendo back Whoa. when, yeah, back when it first came out. So this I and I still have my Earthbound cart. Um, wow. Oh yeah. It, I don't have the. It, I don't have the complete like, packaging though. Right. Yeah. It's almost like they didn't want people to buy this game because like the advertisements were all like this game stinks and it's like mm-hmm. a picture of like uh lord belch or whatever mm-hmm. and like it, the game came with scratch and sti- sniff stickers and like the box was weird and um i imagine it was priced higher because it had a strategy mm-hmm. guide in it um i don't know if nintendo of america proper existed then but yeah. like it 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 felt like you know looking back on it it was like you guys had no faith that people were gonna know and like what this game was which is so like antithetical to the spirit of the game where it's like you do, you're not mm-hmm. supposed to understand it you're supposed to you're supposed to play through it yeah. and experience it and and go huh that was something and it'll give you a couple thoughts it's not like um it's not like a dragon quest where it's like and then you rescue the princess and then the game is over and you you win it's mm-hmm. it's, it's not it's is not what that is it was such an example in terms of their marketing it was such an example of 90s kid marketing because yeah. it was like you had the garbage pail kids you had all these things and gross out stuff exactly and at that point it was pretty much in terms of marketing, like video games were for boys. Yeah, we know that's not the case. Tons of everybody plays video games, but back right. in the early nine, early to mid nineties, video games was a boy thing. You know. Yeah. And what do boys like? They like the gross stuff. They like belching and all these things. And mm-hmm. compare that to the ads that they got in Japan, which you can find on YouTube, there's all over. It's about these kids going on the adventure or sticking together to top, to, to like stand together, power of friendship, you know, RPG stuff. And then over here, it's belching and blah, look at this. Oh, scratch and sniff stickers. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, ah, oh, it very early nineties, Nickelodeon oh, yeah. vibes with slime and, yeah. and whatnot. But it, it's the game is not, like that like it's not not it's not like oh and the nest took his bugger out it's not Uh. it's not like that (laughs) go talk to this bee he's a wizard Uh (laughs) uh-oh he gets smashed gross (laughs) well speaking of smash newfie stomp from the jrpg uh subreddit says i don't think there's been a better critical hit notification before or after earthbound and it's it's smash with like 19 a's and you can imagine i always imagine like the super smash brothers character or uh, Mm -hmm. announcer saying that because it's so it shows up in like it's not even in a font it's just like it it's like a it's an a graphic, image of the yeah. words yeah it's 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 it almost looks like old like word clip art of the word <laughs> smash 3d and with a like mm-hmm. borders and stuff it's so it's so much better than like critical hit or yeah. like it did double damage it's like a kid like ness wouldn't yeah. care 
A kid like Ness would be like, yeah, smash! Yeah, just that's what it is. smashed it. <laughs> and it's like, the screen flashes green, and like all the A's like trill out, so it's smash! Yeah. And it's... Yeah. And you mentioned borders really quick. I just want to give a shout out to how you could change the color of your UI to like Based different- of your favorite flavors? Yeah, of like your favorite flavor of ice cream and stuff. It will change Strawberry the- Strawberry was the best one. Yeah. I think I just stayed with the the basic, the basic. Peanut butter is good too. Um, it's like this, like very pleasing, almost like, um, well, it's peanut butter colored you know, on the in the on the borders. It's so it's so cool. And I was gonna say this earlier, but when you're choosing your characters' names, um, you do it in the very mm-hmm. beginning of the game. You don't get it as you get it. It's like, what's this guy's name? And you're like, mm-hmm. Ness, sure. And it's like. And what about her? And it's like, name him too, I guess. Like, the, the text underneath. It's mm-hmm. like, what's your dog's name, dude? And then, like, once you're all done, it's literally the director, Shigesato Itoi's voice, that's like, okay, Descott? Like, he says, yeah. like, you, you good? Are we ready to go? It's just so... It's so weird. But it... Just from the word go, this game is, like, telling you to drop all your expectations... Drop any preconceived notions of what you think a, a JRPG or a game should even be, um, and it's just saying like, "Listen, we're gonna we're gonna take you on a ride. Are you ready? Like, what's your favorite flavor of border? Strawberry? Great. Okay. Like, let's go see some weird stuff now. Yeah. And it's like, okay, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> and then you hit start, and then it's I don't know who says it. It's, it's just like this random person screaming, "Wow!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, what is going on? Yeah. But you get to belch and smash bees. Wow. <laughs> get it today at Toys R Us. <laughs> if you're lucky. If, if like, because this game had such a, a limited uh, initial print. Um, and it's, you know, you see, like you said it at the beginning, this game only got localized in the States. This didn't go to uh i actually don't know if this game made it um other than pirated versions to like the uk or australia or anything other than like the wii u port that happened or the 3ds port yeah i think the first time europe got earthbound was with the wii u digital copy or the digital code and, and you look at the, I mean, this is sort of indicative of how good that the Wii U was chugging along at that point. But Earthbound, I think, is probably still in the, like, most downloaded uh, section. Not the top slot, but the, the section um, on the Wii U. Because it's like, yeah, people want to play this. Yeah. Even to the point where Nintendo, like... I remember that one E3, Shigesato Itoi came up on the screen and like weirdly talked about his own death, which was weird, yeah. but that's that guy. And then he was like, so anyway, um, we're porting a new Mother game to the Wii U and everyone was like, oh my God, because everyone wants Mother yeah. 3 to come out. Um, but then it was Mother 1. Earthbound Beginnings, <laughs> and e- yeah. And not even not even the the version that has, um, that lets you get around some of the harder parts of that, which they came out with uh, on GBA in Japan. Um, it's so, it's so weird, uh, the sort of, like, fan versus Nintendo of America versus Nintendo of Japan, um, vibe of, of this whole series. It's just like, just, I just want to play it. Why are you making it so difficult? Yeah. And it's surprising they never, because at that point, when, like, the GBA had come out, 
Mm-hmm. I want to say that demand for Earthbound, I think like people realized that it was a really good game at that point and were kind of good, good for it. classicness yeah. about it showed up. Yeah. So I'm, I'm still to this day surprised they never localized the GBA dual pack. Yeah. Of Mother and Mother 2 because we already know from reports, like, and I think at this point it was known, there was a pretty much fully localized version of the original uh, Earthbound. Yeah. Or yeah. I think it was it was just called Earthbound at that point still. But it's like mm-hmm. you had the entire script and localized version of Earthbound. You had the entire localization of Earthbound Beginnings. And this is one of your most popular handhelds, which has a crap ton of RPGs on it anyway. Mm-hmm. The fact that they didn't localize that dual, dual pack blows my mind. Still. Yeah, I'm sure it's just like a cost-benefit analysis thing. And it, like, truly, if it, it's one of those things where it's like, if you only worked at this company, you would understand how stupid it would be to put the money into, like, you know, 30 nerds in America buying this game. It's totally not worth it, right? So... But at the same time, it's like, man, I I would want to play like an official localization of Mother 3. Um, Clyde, Clyde Mandolin did a really good job on his, but I yeah. would also, you know, if it's that version on my TV that I get to play, awesome. If it's mm-hmm. if it's a new translation, awesome. Whatever. I just, I just want to see it. But it's we're getting away from the uh, the actual Earthbound conversation. Yes. The sort of normal Nintendo fan uh, trappings of yeah. like, what? Just give me the Mother yeah. Three. Come on. We're going on a side quest. There, RPGs exactly. are full of side quests. We're going on a side exactly. Quest. But shifting back over to around the internet, we're going to Bob Billens from the Earthbound subreddit. Their favorite memory is just the day it finally released on Wii U. Little me played as Ness and Brawl so much, and I had been waiting years to play his origin game. The day it was announced with that amazing trailer was one of the best moments of my gaming life. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like it's sort of like a diet version of getting that Mother Three announcement finally, mm-hmm. right? That I hope we get someday, where it's like. Okay, you want this? Here it is. And then yeah. everyone is like, oh my god! It would like set mm-hmm. the internet on fire for a couple of days. And, you know, <clears throat> it was that same kind of thing when the uh, NES Amiibo finally came mm-hmm. out. Um, I was working at GameStop at the time, and it was a GameStop exclusive. And, like, we were flooded with people getting a, a NES Amiibo because there's so much love for this game, but there's so little, like, merchandise and so little kind of uh, representation uh, outside Japan. Um, mm-hmm. And so it, it's, it's you know, Bob Billens from the Earthbound subreddit. Like, I 100% was with him. Like, the day that it got announced for that it was coming out for Wii U, I was like, you know, as, not even as a fan of the game because I didn't play it when I was younger. I was like, finally, I get to play this game that I mm-hmm. know I'm going to love. So, yeah. I remember how big of a deal it was when it was announced that it was coming to the Wii Virtual Console because that was the first time it was coming digitally anywhere after being released on the Super Nintendo. So I remember that being huge. I don't remember mm. quite as big of a reception for the Wii U port. I know that was a big deal as well, especially because I want to say it was right around the time where it might have been released along with Earthbound Zero. I can't remember, but uh, when it released for the Wii, that was that was crazy. 
remember. Oh, it did. It yeah. did release for the the Wii. For the for the Wii, I was like gonna I was gonna like nerd check you and be like, oh, actually it didn't, but it did. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I think it did. Um, no, actually, I think it's only on the Wii U and 3. It doesn't matter. It super doesn't matter. But um, anyway. <laughs> like, we're both, like, typing, typing, and seeing, and... Right. on Virtual Console and Wii U. Yeah. Oh, maybe it is just Wii U. My mistake... So maybe I... that buzz that you were remembering, and I'm not, like, no. saying, like, you were wrong as a fact-check asshole, but, like... No, not at all. That's why it was... That's why it was so... Um... It was another one of those scenarios where, oh man, it's not on the Wii Virtual Console. I got, you know, yeah. Chrono Trigger on there. Um, I've got so many classic games, and it's like, just put, just put Earthbound on it. Come on. And that's why it's, it's, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, we can only come out with this on the new 3DS or the Wii U because it's the only one that yeah. can handle big old Earthbound. It's like, hey, all right, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's why, like, <clears throat> one of the reasons why it's so... You were right. Um, I was wrong. I could have sworn I saw it on the Wii. Never mind. I. I but you could have you could have totally convinced me, and you you did, in fact, for a moment, before I had a, a shred of doubt there, that it did come out for the Wii Virtual Console. It's like, that's how, like, ethereal this <laughs> this mm -hmm. game is. It's just like, I, I don't even I don't even know what, what it came out on. <laughs> um, as for uh, the final thing that we have for yeah. Around the Internet, um, Armored Frog 211 from the SNES uh, subreddit um, says that Starman is one of their more memorable, thing, more memorable things. Any of them, they say. I always had the worst time, but they were my favorite part. And yeah, those, I, I talked a little bit before about like the Sword of Kings and whatever. Like those guys give you your bigger um, grind drop uh, weapons. And so you end up, uh, if you want to grind for the best stuff, um, you're going to fight them a lot. And mm -hmm. they're super, super, super tough. Um, and so you kind of have to ride... Uh, there's there's a thing in the game where you can kind of soft lock your way around being able to get... Um, certain abilities like if you grind for good materials you can get Ness up to a level where uh, they can't learn something I think hmm. um, well so you can kind of it's it's this uh, and it's really easy to do because you get a bunch of level ups in the um, uh, magicant yeah. section um, so it's if, <clears throat> if you don't uh, if you're not able to get that those weapons earlier on or whatever like you can kind of miss out on on things so that's kind of a push pull there but yeah no the starmen are are one of those weird enemies where it's like they look like they're made out of like goop mm -hmm. <laughs> with like a with like a badge on them it's 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 wild yeah unfortunately your one trump card against the starmen gets smashed by a newspaper right at the beginning of the game <laughs> yeah exactly Rip, buzz 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 yeah hero from the future <laughs> but thank you everyone who sent in your memories we weren't able to get yeah. to all of you but i'll be sure to link to all the subreddit posts where you can share your own memories and i do go back and look at them and read and interact with all you so we would really appreciate it. share what memories you have of this fantastic game
Now perhaps you've heard Nathan and I talk about this lovely game along with everyone else, and you're wondering, man, where could I get it? Well, we've touched on it a little bit, but here's a breakdown of where you can expect to find it and uh, how much it might cost you. Physical, like the original physical version, like the officially licensed one, avoid. But if you're a collector, you can get a brand new copy Looks like the prices is going for about $880 right now. I couldn't find any on eBay. That price was off of um, uh, pricecharting.com. It's mm. like a video game site. And yeah. for a used copy, it can range you between $150 and $725, depending on how complete a box you get. Crazy. Yeah, I know. It's absolutely nuts. But as Nathan did say before, there are reproduction carts of this. So if you're just looking to play it on a Super Nintendo, you can. Those will run you like 15 to 20 bucks. Really not bad. Yeah, if you've got like a Retron console or something like that, you can get a repro cart um, and kind of play it in that in that form. Uh, which, is, which is like, you know, as authentic as you can get without completely... Uh, breaking the bank right right if you don't if you just care about playing the game and you don't really care about having a physical media to play it on you can still pick it up on the 3ds eShop and the wii u eShop digital uh, versions of it for 10 bucks either or um yeah or if you have a super nintendo classic if you managed to pick one of those up back a couple years ago you can find Earthbound on that as well, or you can find an SNES Classic right now on Amazon for about 150 You get a bunch of other games with it, so... Yeah, I would still say that the SNES Classic being 150 is still a pretty good deal for what, you, for what you're getting in it, right? Like, and, you know, you get to plug it in mm-hmm. with an HDMI cable, get a wireless controller, though, and... Um, you get to play it on your TV, um, which, you know, if, if you're like me and you have like a nice TV, not that it matters for this game, but nice speakers and stuff that you can like really listen to the music of it and sort of like just kind of sink into the vibe of this game it is it's, uh, you know, don't don't emulate this game unless you like must. Right. Um, this is this is a game that you're going to want to. It's so like pinky up artsy douchey, but like you're going to want to give this game some respect and reverence uh, and sort of um, sink into the 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 vibe of this game. So spend money on it, please. Show Nintendo yeah. that uh, in, in an official channel anyway, spend money on it um, and show Nintendo uh, uh, that that this is a, a series that people want um if you have the means to do that anyway yep show them that there's still a lot of want and love for this series even in 2020 and i was just thinking man i an earthbound and like octopath style would be pretty cool oh man i've been i've been wanting a chrono trigger remake in the uh the octopath engine that Mm -hmm. 2.5 d uh or hd 2d or whatever it's Mm -hmm. called yeah um Oh man, yeah, I I'd love that. Me, uh, I'm about Final Fantasy VI. I think I can just picture like Narsh and everything in that style. I oh man, I, just I make more games played, in that style. I've never played Final Fantasy VI, uh, so I really? am like I'm waiting for like the perfect way to play it on my TV is basically what I'm doing, and I think the SNES Classic is going to be that. But I would also love a couple like. Because mm-hmm. I have started to play it, so I'd love a little bit of like quality of life 
um, you know, being able mm-hmm. to walk diagonally and stuff like that would be <laughs> would be great with that game. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's one of that's one of my shame games for for sure. Um, is I've never played Final Fantasy VI, but someday it's a good one. It's a good one. But we now move on. So let's say hypothetically, you have picked up a game of your on your preferred platform, and you would like some advice. As you are a new player, well, we're here to give you some tips as well. Nathan, what would be your advice for new players to Earthbound? Uh, most of my tips for new players can kind of be summed up with the fact that this is an like a, it's a scenario of understand that it's an old game, right? Um, it is very unabashedly ripped off of a dra- old Dragon Quest um formula but so many quality of life improvements uh, in the rpg genre are kind of yet to be made at this point with like inventory and healing and stuff like that um there is a lot to you know quote unquote deal with um but for as archaic as some of the mechanics can feel uh the the sort of post-modernity of other aspects of this uh game like the story the art and the battle mechanics kind of for me anyway more than make up with a little bit of like fussing with inventory and stuff with that so my advice is to you know play the game like it wants to be played don't try to wrestle with it to be like oh but it should be this way um and just stick with it it's from a different era to be sure yes and for my tip is you can actually change what enemies get spawned on the map if you see an enemy you don't necessarily want to fight just kind of walk off screen or walk so the monster's sprite is off the screen and then walk back, and that will respawn the monsters in that area. You might get more monsters, or all of them might disappear. So if you're in a rough shape, you need, you're need low on supplies, or you're getting close to a boss, and you don't want to get uh, hurt at all, just do that a few times and keep going, and that will help you avoid some of those tough fights when you aren't yeah you can kind of you can spawn monsters that you want that way too Mm -hmm. right like you can kind of be like oh i need the ufo because it'll drop this one or whatever Mm -hmm. so We're on to one of my favorite sections of each episode, the monster or enemy of the week. Nathan, what enemy have you submitted for your enemy of the week? The sort of, like, prototypical, like, emblematic of the entire game's vibe uh, monster that I chose was abstract art. (laughs) It is a weird painting of a, like, a moon man looking at the moon and, like, a weird other thing there and uh it's it's like you confront the abstract art is what it says when you fight it and you fight this in like the this sort of like dark world version of 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 like new york basically Mm -hmm. it's like where up is down left is right everything is like super weird and like you run into a fire hydrant and it's like oh actually this is abstract art fight it and it's like ah okay (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, it's sort of just typical of the 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 Earthbound experience mm-hmm. TM, you know, that you that you get with this game. The, I I absolutely love the description for this enemy that can be found in the Earthbound Player's Guide that came with the game. It says, "This art may not make sense to you. It makes Ness sleepy just thinking about it. Use paralysis to knock some sense into the painting." <laughs> it's just that uh, that brand of humor that just pervades and seeps into this game. 
But yes, you can find abstract art in Moonside along with Dolly's Clock. He comes off with, uh, his name's off, his name is abstract art, like we said. His offense value is at 67 with a defense value of 79. His speed's 19 with 7 guts. He has 301 HP with 60 PP power points. And he will drop 4,361 experience and 255 monies. He will uh, also give you uh, some refreshing herbs. If He will drop refreshing herbs, and you can find him in Moonside. Yep, it is. It's so... It's it's one of, you know, like a hundred weird monsters, but mm. as far as it just, like, just the text of you confront the abstract art just, like, sticks with me. Like, whenever I see, like, a weird movie or a weird show mm. or play a weird game, like, I think you confront the abstract Nathan art. Nathan confronts the abstract art. Absolutely. Well, Nathan, thank you once again so much for coming on RPG University and talking Earthbound with me. I had a blast. Me too. Um, So, like we mentioned at the start of the episode, you are one of the co-hosts of the new Entertainment System podcast. Where can people find you on the internet? What do you got cooking over there? And uh, anything else you'd like to plug? Yeah, so really the only the the only thing that I'm putting out content-wise at the moment other than guesting on other people's podcasts is uh the New Entertainment System podcast and so that's at the NES Pod uh on Twitter. Uh my personal handle is uh, at two-headed giant with two spelled out, not the number. Um and you can just find me yelling weird takes about X, Y, and Z <laughs> there. Um, but yeah, no, the, the new entertainment system podcast is like the big thing that I'm like pushing as like my main creative uh, drive right now. It's, it's really silly and it might, and it might seem a little bit like low rent and whatever, but there is kind of like an insane amount of work that Cam and I both put into making the show as weird and funny and goofy as it is. So I would really love it if, if people listening to this, check that out as well. Definitely do it. It is worth a listen. It's hilarious, and they put on a fantastic, fantastic show. So, well, thank you. We'll have to, we'll have to get you on on, on a certain on a, on an episode in the future. We're like way ahead scheduling wise, but you're on the list for sure. Sweet. Well, I look forward to it. <laughs> I look forward to it. But thank you to everyone who has continued to listen right here into the end. You've returned light to the crystals, unlocked a new job cast job class, and you've confronted abstract art. Be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast service as each rating and review you leave will cause a leaf on the mana tree to bloom in restoring the balance and saving the world. Plus, I would just really appreciate it. If you have an RPG that you would like to, us to talk about, tweet at Irrational underscore pod with the hashtag RPGU and tell us what you would like to see. Thank you once again for uh, Nathan coming on. Be sure to give all of his content a follow a listen it's hilarious and until next time everybody class dismissed